What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and we've got a pretty fun episode for you today. I'm sitting with one of my best friends, Austin Killian, to discuss one of the deer hunts that he went on a few years ago. Um, We basically take it straight from the top. We give you the background of how Killian got into hunting. We go into summer scouting and how we prepared for the upcoming season, and then we get into the hunt. Just a couple of buddies chopping it up, really enjoying talking about hunting. We're getting really fired up for the upcoming season. I think this one is going to be a good one for you guys to enjoy, keep you on the edge of your seat, and nothing like hearing a big buck killing story right before season opens. But before we jump into this episode, this podcast is brought to you by Rack Daddy Minerals. Right now, you can head over to rackdaddyminerals.com and get yourself some minerals, preferably barely legal at this point if you're from Missouri, because that is the only legal mineral that he offers uh, during the season. But right now, for me, I'm starting to adjust my cameras to the mock scrapes. He's recently come out with a new product called the Mock Scrape Kit, where you can get a couple deer gland scents some deer urine, and an actual rope to put in front of the cameras or put into a stand or set up where you think it's going to get get done. You know, in, in this episode, it, you're going to hear about a scrape that really worked out well for Killian. And so I believe a lot in scrapes, especially moving into the deer season. So head over to RackDaddyMinerals.com, check out their products, save yourself 10% at checkout using the code 573. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. Austin Killian on the other end of the room, I guess you could say. That's and, right, uh, on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> we're about 10 days out until Missouri's opener here, and mm-hmm. uh, it's feeling it's feeling a little whitetail-ish out there. It's starting to finally turn that way, all that heat finally going away. I mean, it's you look around, definitely starting to see that corn turn, and oh man, it's, it's enough to get the blood going already. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I know that you've been really prepared this season to get to get going, and you've been doing everything you can to kill a big old buck this year, haven't you, Killian? Mm, really? <laughs> everything I possibly can with a seven-month-old at home and other responsibilities. Now, it's uh, life comes fast and hard, and, man, once once we got out of college – I mean, I can't say that enough, man, how much I appreciate you getting me into this. Because it's, every time it, it just turns from just absolute brutal hot, and then finally the weather starts to break, and then it's just like, oh, man. And then it's the reality, and it's like, holy cow. What have I been doing for the past two, three, four months? I mean, there's some guys that never stop preparing, ever. And I got a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation for those guys, man. <sighs> but, man, once that weather does start to change, you see the crops change, especially where we are. You know, we 
we hunt primarily crop fields, field edges, but you know, we got that big timber. You just got to get in, find it, find the trails, set the trails, hunt smart. Midwest style. <laughs> That's right, man. And, and you know, the, the listeners are definitely going to find out, uh, later on in this interview <laughs> that sometimes you just got to hunt harder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of want to go back to, you know, just, I was being a smart ass really about mm. talking about how you're actually prepared for the season. Mm-hmm. You're a busy man. You know, you spend a lot of time working hard to try to, uh, get the things that you want in life and you put hunting aside you're a strong man because <laughs> you know we got to talking before the podcast i always find a way to prioritize hunting yep and you you're more of like the weekend warrior guy except even on another level because you're you really just wait until the right times to get out there that's it man it's I mean, I feel like that's actually a pretty good way to describe kind of the way I hunt now. I mean, everybody, I'm no different than anybody else. I really am not. Weekend warrior type, yep, I'll wear that badge with honor. Yeah, you got to get out. You got to hunt smart, you know, especially if you have very limited spots. Do not go in and burn out early, man. My goodness gracious. Last year was really, really tough. I took two weeks off. I mean, I saved up. I you know, cataloged, I did everything I possibly could to stay the heck out of my spots. And it was not until that last full week of October and then that full week of November that I finally went in there. And let me tell you, man, the first day I went in there, I hung a set, I set it, and an hour before legal shooting light, the biggest buck on the property steps out. 50 yards away no idea he was there i was completely blindsided he was completely uh, you know at my back and it was kind of just one of those soft grunts like oh okay you know so you just kind of relax just really turn as slow as you can try and turn more with your eyes and then bam there he is just bone just nothing but bone coming out of the top of his head and i was like in shock I told you about that, actually. That was kind of one of those, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it embarrassing moments, but it was just one of those situations, man. I wasn't ready. I was there. The bow was in my hand, but mentally, I wasn't ready. The way everything kind of played out last year specifically, it was definitely a roller coaster. I had a lot of things go right. Uh, I was definitely getting on deer. I I hunted smart, but I also hunted hard at the same time. Sometimes one takes precedent over the other. Sometimes you got to put them together. It just really depends, like, how much do you know your area, you know, the deer you're hunting. Um, Heck, man, even obviously if you can pattern that deer or a deer of any kind, I mean, that's, you're, you're just literally adding another weapon. To, to your arsenal because the beautiful thing about it and, and every whitetail hunter especially bow hunter types um can reflect is is it truly is the chase uh we all seek that thrill that's why you know you train all year long or you train you know as soon as spring and the, the ground starts to thaw you're out there flinging arrows through the summer really trying to go through the motions just make it so natural 
you know, with anything like putting on your shoes. And it, it's crazy how that, that adrenaline rush, you know, they say the buck fever hits you and you forget everything. It all becomes just a, a, a moment that's incredibly difficult to describe. But, um, I was totally blindsided. I threw out a little grunt, and I found out very quickly that he was a lover, not a fighter, and he tore out of there. <laughs> well, I've had a few tuck and, tuck and run on, on calls, but, you know, you gotta you got to give it a shot, especially that time of the year, yep. you know. Yep. But, you know, I think today we're going to talk about a time where we were more prepared, where we didn't oh, have man. kids, and we had a little more time on our hands. Yep. And we did spend the summer shooting our bows and yes we did preparing for the upcoming season scouting food plotting setting stands you know the works yeah and if we didn't have you know private ground to go on we were trekking on the old public ground yeah and, and looking for places to hunt there too and you know i think that's a, a great place to start is you know kind of how you know, I, I've been hunting for a long time, and, and people, you know, if you go back to episode one, you can hear kind of the come up of how I started hunting. But mm-hmm. for Killian, you know, Killian, you you started hunting whenever you got into college, and we got together, our group of guys. Yeah, man, that's uh, that was just a weird time for me. You know, I uh, especially here in Midwest, we all played sports in high school. You know, even if we weren't the greatest, it was just what we did. I, I worked a lot, uh, but I still obviously played sports. You know, I was involved in school, stuff like that in high school. And then uh, as soon as I went to college, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk on and see if I can, I can get a scholarship playing baseball. And it, it just didn't turn out the way I was, I was anticipating. It really wasn't something that I wanted to pursue anymore. And then that, that, that sophomore year after uh, – I was kind of lost, man. I really was. Like, I was looking for every reason to stay there at school. And I really didn't discover, I suppose, my love for the outdoors until about then. And it was more of a, you you can take the the sportsman out of the sport, but you can't take the sportsman out of the sportsman. And it's just kind of strange because I didn't know, you know, I'd fished before. And it, it was it was fun, but... I didn't know how big of a challenge it was to pick that bow up and go out there and do that. I mean, I thought I had an idea, and then that just that just just imploded so quickly. And you, you <laughs> it was so hilarious the first time I saw you. Uh, <clears throat> really, you know, have this conversation with me, and dude, I thought you're crazy. I was like, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. And then slowly, I. The more I started to pay more attention to you and the tactics and listen to those around me, Matt, and, and really put in the homework, the more I really started to understand, like, holy cow, this is this is something that is not, um, especially if you want to be consistent, you know, uh, this isn't something that's especially a bow hunter, not for the modest, you know, you got to get out there, you got to, you got to be prepared because... <clears throat> Anybody can go up in that tree stand and get lucky, and that's kind of the hardest part. But showing that consistently, or, uh, consistency, uh, again, <clears throat> throwing back to uh, Jared Mills up in Iowa, man. Like when I first started to really pay attention, it was him, Bill Winky, um, Mike Reed. Uh, I mean, all of those guys at the Midwest team. 
<clears throat> it was just awesome watching them. But even then, I still couldn't replicate that. You know, it's like, oh, I, I'll be prepared. And then uh, I really had to learn the hard way several times. But up and through college, man, I was just learning as much as I possibly could. And the more I learned, the more I obviously got more involved with, you know, you specifically and trying to better educate myself. And then that's what led us to, you know, I guess our our collectively greatest season of preparation. Yeah. So, you know, for, for those that don't know, you, you've got a place to hunt, you know, pretty close to the house here. And it's your grandpa's land. Yes. And I think when we got into school, you know, it, it wasn't something that you really did. You didn't, I think maybe some of your family went out there and gun hunted every now and then, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that was taken seriously. It wasn't a property that was really hunted very hard. You know, when we got together, we all, you know, me, you, Anthony, and Cameron, City Boy Cam, shout out, buddy. Yep. Um, we went out there and we did some hunts out there, and I think it got you fired up to <clears throat> to turn that property into something worthwhile yep. and, and to make it a hunting property. And, you know, leading up into the following season, that is exactly what you've been trying you've been continually doing but that's when you started really trying to do that absolutely that uh it it's still you know it's fun but it it's a different type of fun now because there's seriousness to it but at the you know seeing deer is one thing you know getting a chance at a deer is another but getting a chance at the deer like that's that is the epitome of like putting in the hard work and and if you can maintain uh your success uh for me specifically i didn't realize how serious you were taking it and i was like this this just doesn't make sense and then finally i i i bought in i was like you know what the whole scent control thing man i don't know i didn't want to spend the money but then i started to realize how that could be the game changer and then it was you know upgrading equipment the bow uh just the overall preparation the entry the exit um shooting lanes the wind everything goes into being a consistently successful bow hunter and it doesn't matter if you're out there to sh- you know shoot uh, the biggest buck on the property or just to fill the freezer. It you know it really doesn't matter because uh, however you measure your success, it's you know I ca- I look at it like that's what defines you as a hunter. If you're successful and you're happy. One thing I did uh, admire though about you is the fact that you know me and Anthony have been hunting for a long time, and so I think that you maybe set your standards a little higher because you saw what our standards were and you've stuck to those pretty good you know there's there's years where i get late into the season i haven't filled my tag and i I look at a what i would consider a lesser buck than what i'm after right and i'm i'm thinking about pulling the trigger on him you know what i mean (laughs) and and you've really stuck to your guns about chasing mature whitetails absolutely and you know you you haven't had a ton of success but when you do have success, it's it's on mature whitetails, and you know that that's going to lead us into this story about a 
mature whitetail that you killed a few years back yeah that you know kind of it ties all this into a bow here is the fact that you got interested into bow hunting yes you had a place where you could turn something into um, a better hunting spot right it's definitely not a spot where you're gonna see the juries out there hunting or the Lindsays or or some you know it, it's it's a good spot yep. it, it could be better for sure but it's yep. it's farm ground it's got a couple draws and and any way that we could have made it better that's what we tried to do yep so that's that's kind of where we're headed on this is is going into this story about killing this buck because first of all season's coming up I love to hear about you know big buck stories and success stories and this one has some definitely learning moments in it for us you know as we were young younger hunters trying to figure it all out we did everything that the you know the big names told you to do and and it really that's whenever i think it proved it to both of us that it was like okay this stuff is it works and when it actually works out it's there's nothing better nope and i felt like I don't know. I mean, you're definitely the one. You were the trigger man for sure. But I felt like I was a part of that hunt, even though oh, I wasn't man. with you. Oh, yeah. Because of, you know, everything we discussed about the property or, yep. or the bucks or the deer movement and everything yep. else. So, you know, let's just start from the summer before okay, and how we kind of approached going into that year. Well, I... <laughs> Man, it's it's kind of hard to say exactly when. I honestly thought we we started kind of late in that summer in, in terms of um, you know boots on the ground, but you know it, we still got in, we still put in the effort, and realistically, you know, shout out and a lot of respect to the guys that get out and hunt opening day and grind it and find that success. But man, I it's hard for me to want to get out and hunt in that weather and feel like I'm going to burn out a spot if I don't feel I'm going to be successful. But again, it goes back to, you know, your property hypothetically, maybe, you know, your deer well enough to where you can be successful. But you know, this piece of property, uh, we didn't know it all, all that well, but we got out, we put boots on the ground and we put it all together. And what I remember that, uh, I guess really kind of, you know, drove it home for us was when uh, you were out, specifically Steve, scouting, and you're like, hey, man, this is, you know, this looks like a good bedding area. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you go trenching through there, and and you spooked, like, the two or three biggest bucks on the property. Yeah. Yeah. In velvet. It was summertime yeah. still. Absolutely. And I think you were outside of the timber just a little bit. Did you catch, did you catch them? on the way out because they oh, yeah. they skirted out and yeah. we got we got to learn a few things about about that whole thing and you know that's something that dan infault preaches preaches yep. you know buck bedding buck bedding and so when we spooked those deer out we kind of set our sights in that area mm-hmm. and yeah there was about two or three really solid bucks that came out of that group and uh, we got to see their exit trail whenever you know, we approached them into their bedding, so we kind of learned a little bit about how they're going to exit that area, but we also learned that that's an area that, you know, they want to be in. Yep. And so immediately, that's the, that's where we set our sights, and moving forward from that, you know, we tried to figure out how we could hunt those deer. <laughs> Man, that whole, that whole uh, 
you know, the, the amount of preparation we, we, we put in, you know, time, overall effort. I didn't see it. You know, it, it, it was kind of just one of those things where I was more interested to see what you were going to teach me and see what I could learn from from you collectively and, and then obviously apply it later on. But like you said, man, it it, it, it was always like I was taking Stephen Ebers to the stand with me, even if he, if I wasn't, because it, it was a constant, hey, man, like, what do you think? You know, this is kind of what I'm seeing. This is what my cameras are telling me. But, uh, no, it just uh, trying to trying to really put the picture together and – I guess put a plan together to to hunt a buck. I mean, there wasn't specifically a hit list buck, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, this is how detailed we were getting. You know, shout out to whatever trespasser was out there the season prior, <laughs> because Killing calls me up and he's like, "Hey, dude, there's an arrow sticking out of the ground right here," and that happened to be in the general vicinity of where these we push these bucks out. Yeah, and so that was just another piece of the puzzle because we knew that. There was obviously a deer there that was worth shooting at. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely a, a weird way to piece it together. But we were just trying to take every little, you know, hint that we could get or, you know, pick up on something. And and it just always seemed to go back to that spot. Yep. Well, it, just the way the property lays out, man, I mean, it, it just it made the most sense. And I think that's kind of what you kept going back to is just like, man, I, you know, we'll we'll hang a stand here and you know we'll kind of spread out we'll hang a stand here we'll 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 focus on those funnels and those draws but you're like dude it's got to be right here like it's got to be i mean there's sign everywhere old sign you know year old two years old uh picked up uh, my brother's picked up multiple sheds off of there and it's just like they're they're there it's it's pretty solid uh genetics wise it's just a matter of you gotta you gotta put in that effort you gotta sit it out you gotta hunt hard but hunt smart and that's exactly what we did yeah but but we don't want to get into that just yet just yet okay (laughs) so you know we when we pull into that property yeah it's not ideal because it like you literally pull in right into the middle of the property basically is the access yep and that was something that after we saw where those bucks were bedding i felt like maybe there was a reason why i mean obviously the cover was good the food was right there um because the crops were right there and then they can see who's coming and going Mm -hmm. um, whether it's predators or or just humans coming and going through that access right there yep into the middle of the property Dude, you know, again, it's 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 so crazy how intelligent these animals are, but at the same time it's just like these these animals are just absolutely ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh I think we give them a lot more credit than they deserve, but Maybe, you know, maybe that's what it is. But in in a lot of instances it's just all they know is how to survive. That's it. They know that they are constantly being hunted by something and like you said that property though just the way it sets up is it's um, it's extremely extremely difficult to access without having to walk basically a country mile and you know for the first few years i was really i was i was making kind of boneheaded mistakes and things just weren't working out and then finally the day of of success man i flipped the script 
we we got to keep down a back killing because i know you want to jump into the hunt <laughs> man i know you do i can tell you know it gets me excited just just okay. hearing the story You're and reliving right. it yep but we did some things to that area and we yep. manipulated it into which it would favor us in so we can i think we should get into that because right. you know we found out where these bucks were living we mm-hmm. zoned in on it and yes it's summertime so you're going to hear a lot of experts say that you know the bucks that you see in summertime are typically going to make that fall transition and right. i completely agree with all of that except right. for the fact that most of those summer bucks come back in the in the rut yeah i i feel that pretty confidently i've seen that many times and because i had i figured we we should zone in on that area because that was a deer area now maybe those bucks don't come back but a new buck moves in right and so anyways we dial in on this property or this part of the property and we what it's a unique situation because there's like a little gravel road that pulls into the property Mm -hmm. okay and then right there you know to your what is that your south uh that'd be to the north to the north Mm -hmm. okay yep to the north of you which would have been you know in our case the left side of us Mm -hmm. pulling into the drive you know there's a little barn and there's a tree next to it and then there's just some open grass yeah area and then it's the woods where the deer were bedded yep and we looked at that and we've tried to figure out well what's the best way for us to access that without the deer seeing us and we came to the conclusion that we were going to have to let up the, most of that grass around the barn grow up so they couldn't see us coming. Yep. And then there just happened to be the perfect tree that just grew right up next to the barn. Yeah. That, and that's, I was like, dude, if we can access it and pull up into the, like, we were thinking, well, let's just sh- shoot one out of the barn. But then there was that tree there. So we were like, we'll just use this tree. Yep. And so we set up a stand there. And it set up beautifully, didn't it? Yeah, it, was, it, it was really a good did. Spot. It was a good spot. And, and like, you know, if you were using the wind correctly, like, you're undetectable. You Absolutely. Know? You so know. the access is good. You if, if the grass has grown up, they cannot see you climb up that tree. Mm-hmm. And then, because you're climbing right up the side of a barn, basically. Yep. Then we ended up putting a clover, like, I don't even know, half acre clover yeah. plot in there. Like that a micro plot. That was the most sure. redneck. <laughs> what did we even do? I can't even remember. Dude. How we, did we put this in? So after we failed miserably, and I mean absolutely miserably, trying to, uh, I don't know, I guess rake it out with rakes. And we didn't, we were so naive to it. We didn't realize. I mean, you know, we were just trying to make it happen regardless, but, uh, we used, let's see, I have a, a bumper hitch trailer that has a, a detachable tailgate. And it's like a great, it's heavy, it's steel, uh, very, very sturdy. Well, we hooked it up to uh, my my, uh, my side-by-side. And I think I think I sat on it while you drive you drove it. And we just <laughs> tried to rip the grass up, just going around in a circle, just, just to be able to try and get that seed-to-soil contact, man. But that's critical. And... You know, it worked about as good as I guess um, you would expect, which wasn't all that good. But honestly, uh, it germinated. It didn't germinate great, but it just—it was just kind of another reason to maybe 
stop by and grab a little bite. You know what I mean? Especially. Yeah, it was a staging plot. Absolutely. It, it was a so, you know, most of the ground on this particular farm is crop ground. We figured we'd have some add some greens right there in that area mm-hmm. where we could easily access. The woods were like on the opposite side, so they had the clover plot in between us and the woods. So they would our you know theory was that they would come out into the clover plot and then they'd stage there until dark and then move out into the crop fields, which I think it was corn that year. Yep. So, you know, we were pretty excited about all that. We we didn't I don't think we really got a good food plot in, but there no. was some green. And then I think you set up did said, you set up a scrape? There? I did. I set up a, a mock scrape on there and uh it's it's kind of impressive. I mean, um the, the amount of detail that goes into trying to stack the deck, like it can kind of get a little bit overzealous, but at the same time, man, if it flow, like that's that's what I can you know preach if i can i suppose but like think about it flow how how natural can you make it seem but at the same time how can you benefit from you know essentially the flow that you're trying to create here make it seem so natural but more beneficial to you but on the flip side it's like you got to get these deer and again maybe we're giving them too much credit to think that they're going where they want to, not where you want them to go. And that's what's so cool about, you know, as much as I've learned up to this point and will continue to learn, uh, a lot of the greats preach, you know, Dan Enfault, he's huge. <laughs> like, he hunts he's, them on their terms. Yeah, he, he's giving <laughs> the cheat codes out Absolutely. You know, right now. And it's it's been really beneficial. That was about the time that I first heard of him yep. was whenever this was going on. And so yep. I was... I was bought in, and I was, yep. and I mean, I still am. You know, he's he's a great guy to to learn from. I wish I could pick his brain, you know, uh, may, and maybe someday we will. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, no. So at that point, you know, we we've got the the food plot going. We've got the access. We've got a stand in a perfect location. We got a little bit of an attractant yep. for a, uh, hopefully getting a buck in range. Yep. And then the real world starts again. And we get busy. Now, for me, busy is always hunting and then working. Mm-hmm. But for you, it's it's just working, working, working. And yep. I don't think you even got out there until November that year. It, it's funny you say that. I I went that year. I was I was the guy. I was like, I'm hunting opening day, dude. I'm doing it. But I hunted the opposite side of the property. And that was the only time, okay? That you was, went in there? That was the only time I went in there. I hunted that opening day, or I guess opening weekend, whatever it was. Um, slid in, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. I was in a big oak tree. I mean, didn't really have the best vision. Complete opposite side of the property. I was like, there's the likelihood of me seeing a deer in this kind of weather just, just doesn't seem realistic. But, you know, I, I got out. I saw some deer. It was nice. Had does in range. Uh, just kind of let them, let them filter through. And was, you know, I was satisfied. But uh, you're right. Then it then work set in. and, and Matter of fact, you got married that year, didn't you? I did. That was the year you got That's another huge thing yep. and why you why you were so busy that year. And 
you said oh you you tell the audience you know what what you said but basically after you got married it was it was go time oh, oh yeah. and, and matter of fact i'm gonna actually cut you off here because folks out there austin killian did a sin he he did a <laughs> sin he got was it he got married i think it was on november 3rd november 3rd november 3rd guys so <laughs> if you're listening out there and you're engaged don't follow killian's advice that's right because your friends are going to have to be in the wedding too. That's and right. They're going to be giving you shit. It's very inconsiderate. The whole time. <laughs> Think about your buddies. Think about your big bucks. That's you know? right. Oh man, no, it's it was just one of those situations, man. I just I talked to my wife about it, or you know, my fiance at the time. I'm like, look. I'm like, I don't know when you want to do this. And she kind of kicked around the idea of like, well, what if we do it mid-November? I'm like, it's too close to Thanksgiving, and so on and so forth. It was just one season. Right. What's Steve doing? Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it was like, look, this is, I've always been like, uh, this is more for you than it is for me. And I I said it to uh, her maid of honor. I said, I've already, I'm already married to this girl in my head. This is just for everybody else around me. And then it, she's like, okay, November 3rd. And I'm like, you sure we can't do it a week after, two weeks after, a week before? And she just was like, well, I thought you said you didn't care. And I was like, it's everybody else around me that's going to care. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to swallow the pill and, and just deal with it. But uh, Same for me. But it all worked out, right? So... You get married um, on November 3rd, yep. and first of all, it was a beautiful wedding, and Thanks, man. the reception was off the chain. We had a lot of fun, Yep. Um, had some drinks, and I, uh, it was a late night, mm-hmm. but I was a psycho. I was a psycho, and I yeah, literally were. woke up my eye. I even hate to say this on in public spaces, but yep. I might have been still... A little bit under the influence of alcohol. Had my wife drive me to my hunting spot. Yep. And. You post up, man. Yeah. I and, mean, <laughs> I posted up. Worst weather you could possibly think of. <laughs> I mean, freezing cold. Yep. And it was precipitating. And I just. It, I mean, it was November 4th. Yeah. I had a tag in my pocket. And I, I was a psycho, like I said. And That's all right. I, I tried to do an all-day sit. I, I may have made it the whole day. I can't remember at this point. I think you I just did. remember cussing you in the yeah. stand. <laughs> yep. But, no, that that was a great time. But but moving on yeah. to where you went after the wedding, how, how, yeah. what was your game plan? So um, <clears throat> a lot of normal couples, uh, you know, they're going to go on their honeymoon. It's like, hey, you know, hey, let's let's go to – Let's go to Hawaii. Hey, let's go to, I don't know, Colorado. Hey, let's go to Florida. Whatever. I mean, you kind of do do whatever it is you want to do. That's the traditional way of doing things. Well, that was not me. Uh, my wife was in the middle of, um, of, of x-ray, x-ray school, and I had kind of told my, uh, my dad, you know, the, the company I was working for, like, look, I don't ever take any time off, okay? So you're just going to basically give this to me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna discuss this so you're gonna give me this first week in november off i said it's post my wedding and i just this is my honeymoon and 
everybody agreed. They're like, okay, we'll leave you alone. And uh, that next that next day, I went back, cleaned up the wedding, and then that night, that night, Sunday night, I was in the stand, putting in the time, and the grind was on, and it was just one day after another after another, and the whole time, you know, from one day to another, I'm the chess match is on, but I don't know who the heck I'm facing. I it's just every move I made, I wasn't seeing the movement I was anticipating, even though in a lot of cases the weather was cooperating. It was just, you know, I should have zigged when I z- when I should have zagged. But uh, I mean, how many days straight were, had you hunted up to the day of the hunt we're about to talk about? How many days? Oh, straight? it was it was it was three four days straight, like all day, all day. Like, the grind was absolutely real, man. And, you know, when it gets to that point, you kind of, you stop worrying so much about this and that. And you're like, get in, sit down, be quiet, listen, you know, and just say a prayer or two. Because it's, it's there's a lot of luck involved, uh, however you want to, you know, categorize that. I think that, that especially that time of the year, you know, with, oh, man. they're so preoccupied. I mean, it is luck um, yep. in a lot of ways. As long as you're you're out there grinding like you were. Yep. But uh, no, man, I hunted pretty hard for three, four days, and man, I remember texting you and messaging you, especially on that third day. Well, that's just something we do as a, as a friend group is we bounce ideas off yep. of each other, yep. and we try to, hey, man, you know, I, you know, bounce it some scenario off you and you're like yeah. well you know i think you should do this and and vice versa you know <laughs> yeah man i remember uh hunting that pretty hard <clears throat> and it was starting to get to the point where i started to get discouraged pretty bad and it just felt like everything i was doing wasn't working or it was just you know i felt like i was barely getting by and i started to question why i was even out there the dedication and everything and it was a uh, got a just, lot of time to think out there. Man, it, it, I I, th- I do enough thinking as is throughout the day. I got the I got the time to do that. But man, when you're out there, that's the worst feeling in the world. When you're like in the stand, you're set up, and then the next thing you know, you know, in some guys' cases, oh my phone goes off and he's on the opposite side of the property, broad daylight. It's like oh man, <laughs> but. uh I mean, that wasn't even your case, though. No, your case was you weren't having any action. No, you were literally hunting every day without without a break, glimpse of hope. Nope it was it was bleak, and even on the day it happened, it It was was bleaker than it. I mean, it was almost throwing the towel bleak. Yep, I I think that's actually a good way to to uh, to to describe that day. You know, and and I don't know if you want to get into that right now. Yeah, no, I think that's where we're at. I okay. think we gotta, you know, get into that. So that part of the. So the day uh, I went in, I texted you, and I, I'm pretty sure I was like, "Dude, I just don't know. I just don't know if I can do this anymore." And you're like, "Dude, you got to get back out there. You know, you got to put in the time. It will pay off. Basically, I promise you." And it was at that point where, you know, my wife, uh, she was getting ready to go to go to school, go to work. And uh, she looks at me and she's like, is it fun anymore? I said, no. I said, it's just, 
I'm not having the results I was hoping to have. And she's like, well, I understand your frustration, but you, you know, you, you took the time off for a reason and you, you know, I'd sure hate to see you have the regrets of not going out there and at least finishing it, you know, finish the week, finish it, do the best you can. And I'm like, you know what? It's, that's a good point. And then I was texting you talking to, to cam, just trying my best to will myself into that tree stand because the past three, four days were just absolutely brutal. I mean, it was, it was just temperature swings. And then next thing you know, it's, it's the wind switches and, and you're already in the stand and it's, it's go time. But by the time you get down, move to another stand. I mean, I've got, I've got acres to cross. I mean, I don't have the luxury of, you know, just only slip down this straw and hunt, hunt the opposite side. But overall, uh, that day, man, like it was everybody else and, and the good Lord himself that willed me into that tree stand. And I took a different approach. As I said earlier, it was, um, it was just crazy because, you know, learning the property, I was making, I was still making those questionable decisions. I was driving in all the way into the property because in my mind, I'm like, if they don't see human, they just see, you know, a truck or a tractor or something like that. It's not a threat. Well, I started to think like, you know what? I need to approach this completely different. So I drove in, I stayed in my truck. I checked all my cameras. I tried to put a plan together. I talked to you about it. Um, I thought, thought, thought like, man, I'm just, I'm kind of out of ideas. And then you shoot me a text. You're like, or snap, whatever. And you're, you're on the map and you're like, I think you need to sit here or here. And I was like, man, that just don't seem like a high action stand. Well, what did I know? <laughs> so I actually end up sliding up into that barn stand. Well, hold on. I want to, that's a good spot for me to, to stop you because I want to give you my perspective of that day. Okay. Because I remember it vividly. All right. Because <laughs> it was one of the greater moments, yep. you know, we've had yep. in the hunting woods and I'm, I'm in school. I'm in an, I was in an intense program at the time. Yeah, I was actually doing some rotations where he call you call me while I'm at the hospital, and I'm like, I go into this room where nobody's at, and I'm just <laughs> telling you because you're like you're telling me you're like, uh, I don't know, man. I've been I've been hunting hard the last few days. I really don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. You know, I, I've tried everything. Yep. This and that, and I. I cannot remember, you know, exactly what I told you, but I told you that tonight was the night and yep. that yep. you were going to get it done. Yep. And that's whenever you kind of mentioned, well, I don't really know where to sit. I've got this wind going on. And yep. I said, you should sit in the barn stand. Yep. Dude, that was a weird day. That was very weird. And that, and that was a bold move by you. And then I said, and I've always told you this because this was – you know, one of your bigger bucks, I didn't, you only shot a couple deer with your bow at that time, was that uh, you have to be a killer. You have to, yep. you have to be ready to be killing at that, before a deer even comes out. Mm -hmm. Just be in kill mode the whole night. Yep. And then we got off the phone and I, I had to go back to work and I actually didn't even get to hunt that day. And uh, the rest is, the rest is a killing story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I drive in, like I said, you know, I check my cameras and I'm putting the plan together. We talk and, 
I'm like, let me get this damn truck out of here. So I take my truck and I drive it back through, you know, that, uh, well, they're not going to know that gravel road, you know, and everything. And I was like, okay, let me get this thing way out of here. So I'm parked like off of the blacktop. Literally, I got to walk, man, if, if I chose to sit opposite stand, opposite side of the property, I got to walk like a mile and a half. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then finally you're like, hey, I think you should sit, you know, barn stand. And I was like, okay, you know what? To heck with it. So I slid in there and it wasn't early. It was 10 a.m. in the morning. So it literally it was mid-morning. I got me a good, a nice hot shower. I got me a good breakfast. And it was literally just... Austin go out there and just grind and grind and hope for the best pray for pray for for some some beacon of hope and man I uh I packed up some peanut butter crackers you know literally some peanut butter and then some crackers some bottles of water and uh grabbed the old bow and I was like you know what let me try something different so I actually I still have this thing it was a uh just a Cabela's like shooting decoy, you know, it was more of like a shoot, uh, you know, a, a bow shoot a target <clears throat> target. Shoot Thank you. Your yard. Thank you. And, uh, I was like, yeah, you know what the heck with it? I'm gonna try this. And uh, my logic was, okay, I'm going to set it up to where no matter where this buck or any deer pops up, they're going to be able to see this thing from, you know, 150 yards away, basically from that pinch. So I set that dude up. <clears throat> I hosed him down real good, you know, trying to kill that scent. I slid up into that tree, man, and I got in that tree at 10 a.m. And, man, I went through all through all four Missouri seasons. <laughs> dude, it was so brutal. It was wild. It, it was, was a gr- weird day. Yep, it was a very weird day. I went in. It was beautiful sun, uh, sunrise and you know, the sun was just warming everything up. The steam was coming off the ground. I'm like, man, this is this is beautiful, beautiful time. And then all of a sudden, it started to go away. About noon, I'm like falling out of the tree stand almost because I'm just, just worn out. And uh, I took a little snoozer. <laughs> I won't lie, it's like 1 o'clock. <laughs> I know you strapped that's, in real yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a bit of an understatement, honestly. Like, anyways, <laughs> so I got everything ready to go and and whatnot. <clears throat> my phones, I think it was two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and my phone's already almost dead. I've got like twenty percent battery left, and I'm just sitting there. And like I said, the the weather starts to change. And it goes from nice and calm, warm, and then it just switches to a little bit of drizzle and it's like okay this still ain't too bad it's still fairly warm out and then it goes away and then you know next thing you know it uh it 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 just keeps changing and changing finally it uh it started to get pretty wild there at about two three o'clock the sun was gone completely gone it is completely overcast and that sun, that uh, that wind is really starting to pick up, and that that temperature is really starting to drop. And and this is the time to be in the stand. You know, it's, I literally I I witnessed, I lived through that uh, that temperature drop, and being in that stand when I was, 
it was it was just one of those things i would almost say that was the game changer you know what i mean and that right there is what set me up like you said i went through it all in one day i felt warmth to absolute bitter cold everything hurt and it got to that point where i started to question again what the hell am i doing out here and everybody thinks about it you know oh man i got a nice warm couch at home and you know it's it's uh you know it's football season it's thursday night football whatever you know you just any sort of distraction and about three thirty, four o'clock i'm just i'm done i'm absolutely done i'm texting you i'm like i just don't know if i can do this anymore but you're like no man you got to stick it out trust me it's tonight is the night and i was like i just i don't see it but you know what i sat back i looked up in the sky and i prayed i prayed i prayed i really did i was like please just give me a chance that's all i said just give me a chance this is this is family ground this is my grandfather's ground man i've 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 grown up on this property but to be where i was at in that moment i mean everything was just it was telling me like i will break you and in that moment you will fail i promise you and you know four o'clock rolls around and i'm battling that and i'm praying i'm praying i'm praying and i'm like please just let me see something and then five minutes later bam two does pop out from the pinch and they start working down into the center of this field Uh, and i'm okay okay the blood's starting to flow a little better i'm like thank you thank you thank you i'm thanking my grandfather i'm thanking god i'm i'm you know i'm head over heels right now just static two deer in the last five days yep (laughs) i mean that that's the only thing that really got me got me going to where i'm like okay sit it out that's all i kept saying sit it out until it's dark, until you can't see, and you got to put that that damn light on. So, I'm sitting there, and um, next thing I know, them doe work down and then work in to where we thought those bucks were bedding. And I was like, okay, you know, hopefully that'll that'll pan out. <clears throat> so they cut back into the timber. Yep. Okay. Uh, they actually worked down to me. They closed the distance. You know, it was probably 200, 250 yards. They closed it down to 125. And then they cut in. Well, I didn't see him anymore. And I was like, well, what the heck? Well, I just kind of sat back. I'm like, it's all right. I grunted a little bit. You know, really tried to get, if there was any bucks in the area, keyed in on that decoy. Because that was the only thing that I I could use to stimulate some sort of reaction. I wasn't having any success grunting, rattling you know doe bleeding i was just everything was just not working and i was trying to be smart uh laid off the calls left it alone for a while and then finally uh as i'm sitting in that stand man that sun is sinking low so fast and next thing i know is is it it slowly slowly starts to just sleep just ever so slightly and i'm wearing rubber boots you know i don't have the proper footing but at that time it's like hey uh, you got to sit it out there, there there's no solution there's no option 
you're here, shut up, you know, dig in, get it's over prime it. time. That's it. And it's just crazy because the next series of events is just and and I wish I could have got it on on video, but uh, the fact that I lived through you know it's 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 pretty insane and that's what makes it so awesome. But uh, you know within that last I'd say fifteen minutes twenty minutes of shooting line, um, I hear something in the timber directly in front of me and just a little bit of rustling. I'm like, okay, so I just waited a little bit little bit more rustle like okay cool well then i was like it went quiet for a little while so i just small little just little grunt just to let him know like somebody's out here days prior i had been looking in the area and there were fresh rubs i'm like okay the buck is active right now in this area like i'm where i need to be i'm sitting in that stand like i told you it's just starting to spit sleet ever so slightly it got so cold so fast and I'm sitting there, and I'm locked in, and I'm I'm ready to go. And next thing I know, I hear um, what sounds like two bucks fighting behind me. Well, I didn't know at the time, so I'm you know I just turn my head real slow, and I'm looking more with my eyes than I am anything. And I'm sitting, uh, I guess you could say, brushed in so beautifully. I mean, that tree worked out so great. Really good cover. And oh, man. Up against the barn, man. Yep. It's, and it was good elevation, too. Yep. I mean, you weren't getting skylined. No, absolutely not. And uh, the wind was actually coming out of the, uh, it was coming out of the northeast. That was kind of a strange wind that day. But uh, it, it set up, you know, pretty good because it was just blowing my scent pretty much directly into the top of that barn. Like, it was just right up over the top of that barn and hypothetically just scattering. And that barn was pretty stenchy anyway, so it kind of helped us out a little bit. But, uh, so I'm sitting in that stand, and next thing you know, I, I hear bone. And I'm like, what is going on? So I turn real slow, and I don't, I don't see anything. Well, as as it was, you know, starting to play out, I'm like, what is going on? And I turn, I don't see anything. I start turning, look back, bam. Like, he's in my lap. He's he's just walking, just head bobbing. When you first see him, how far do you think he is? Oh, shoot, man. He was 30 yards. When like, you first saw him? When I first saw him. Oh. He so closed that, like I told you, it was just, it was insane. And it was that last bit, you know, it, that big buck killing light right there with them smart deer move. They mm-hmm. don't move any earlier. So that that buck, you know, he knew. He knew what he was doing. He was coming out there. He was going to check, you know, check his his, uh, his scrapes, you know, put out the vibe, if you will, check the ladies, so on and so forth. And uh, I saw him like he was just deadheading straight to me, and I, and I was in shock. <laughs> and I told you this uh, it, it, when it all kind of played out, and you're like, what took you so long to shoot him? And I'm like, <laughs> I was in shock. <laughs> But um, this was my first first encounter with a big deer, and and this is a fully mature, a four year old, uh, a buck in, in in this area, especially with the pressure that's that's around, you know, on my farm specifically, it's that's hard to come by, you know, especially during gun season, and bucks don't last. But uh, you know, this dude's he's just head bobbing, 
you know, he ain't got a care in the world. He's going through his routine and I'm where I need to be. I'm there and I'm watching all of this in real time. So he comes up and, and we mowed that path basically to run right by that scrape. Well, he comes up and bam, he makes that hard right turn. As he gets closer, before he turns, like I finally got a really good look. And, oh my gosh, this dude's outside of his ears, man. It's beautiful. I'm like, okay, that's a good buck. You know, just looking at that, and I'm trying to look at his head, and it's dark. And I'm like, that's that looks like a pretty good buck, man. And then, man, when he turned that corner, it's like, yeah, that's a good buck right there. <laughs> Holy cow, man. So, um, just to preface this, it's not dark. It's getting pretty dark. Yeah. Though, like, at that point. Well, like I said, it's a, you know, that, uh, overcast. Overcast. Like, it just makes everything. Everything is different. Quicker. Yeah. Yep. So even though I got, you know, 20, 30 minutes of legal shooting light left, I mean, it might as well have been 10 minutes before legal shooting light. Right. So um, I remember uh, as, as this, you know, as this buck's making his way in and, you know, he's going through his routine. Like, what did Steve tell me? And, I, and I'm not kidding. It's like, be, be a killer in that stand. So as as this buck is is advancing towards me and going through his routine, this is why it took me so long to shoot, because I was processing, and it was I can't believe I'm here. This is the moment you've been waiting for. God has answered your prayers. What did I just say earlier? Don't fail. That's it. Calm. Stay calm draw aim release so i've already got my bow on my knee it was literally right there it all set up beautifully um in my mind you know as i was saying this this is as all this is progressing this is a cheaper stand you know we were on a budget back then for sure and uh i've been sitting in that stand all day and it's cold and and you know things start to act different when things are cold specifically steel well i'm sitting in that stand it's a cheaper stand well i've been you know had my feet on it all day and i realized i couldn't stand up to shoot this deer because the entire day that i was sitting in that stand even when it was warm out it would creak and pop like significant holy cow so i'm trying to process all of this as he's you know coming to me making the turn and i'm judging is he a good buck you know is he mature so on and so forth and i'm you know obviously trying to process the fact that i'm here and uh it's crazy because it's like i heard i heard what you said in my head and it's it's time to go ice cold just go through the motion just like he's doing you know what you're doing. All the preparation you put in, the season, you know, going through the equipment, trying to set yourself up, stands, studying, so on and so forth. And that's when it, it really hit me and it set in. Well, it was just like this buck come in and he hits the scrape. and The I'm, scrape that you set up yes, before the season. Yes, absolutely. So that's way cool. Yep. And uh, this dude hit, hit the scrape I set up. And this dude, man, as soon as he hits this scrape, it's kind of strange because he didn't see him before. But once he hits that scrape, you know, he tears it up. 
and then he turns and he looks. Bam, he locks onto that decoy, man. And like I said, this is my first go at, you know, at a big buck, let alone a decoy. So I got a lot going on. And that dude locks on, and I, oh my gosh, man. I watched that dude bristle up. Like, that dude looks like he gained 10, 20 pounds of muscle in the just blink of an eye. Like, he bristled up, and I mean, he was just, he snort wheezed. I mean, just hammered it. I'd never heard that before. And it was just, and he let that decoy know, like, I'm going to I'm gonna kick your ass right now. <laughs> so, uh, it all set up perfect, like, because the way I, I oriented that decoy was away from that buck. And the way the wind was set up, that, the buck that come in, that I ended up shooting, that I nicknamed Leroy Jenkins, is, he's on the wrong side of everything. That buck's got his wind. My decoy's got his wind. So this buck, Leroy, tries to work down. And by that time, I'm already full draw. That buck tries to work down and get around my decoy. Well, he stops because he, for some reason, was, I guess, potentially intimidated by the idea of trying to get around him and get his wind. And beings that he couldn't come around him and come closer to me and close the distance. Um, he was kind of stuck and it was just irritating and making him more mad. So watching this buck, like trying to process all of this, I'm, you know, I'm full draw, but he keeps, he keeps turning. He won't give me a solid, you know, uh, broadside shot. Keep in mind, he's 17 yards away. <laughs> like, this is a chip shot for, you know, even the... Worst even the, of shooters. Right. You know, it's just like, mm, center mass and hit it. Um, but He's putting on a show for you. Oh, absolutely. And, and it was just, it was amazing watching it all progress. And um, it got to that point where I turned in the seat. And thankfully, we had trimmed out that tree to where I could come full draw in that seat. Um. I put that pin basically right behind his shoulder, and it as all this was happening, obviously the sun didn't stop going down, and it got to that point where I had pretty well timed it. I'm like, okay, I've got a pretty good idea what time it is, but dude, it felt like it took 10 years to get to that point. Like, it was insane. Um, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know about what time it is. So this buck... Uh, he bristled up and he snorted. He hit it again. He did it three times and he was just getting more mad. And then finally at that time, when I turned, my left foot hit the stand and it popped. And that dude pinned me in the tree. Like he knew it. He knew like I had him. And I put it on him. Pop. There went the arrow. I didn't have a Luminoc. I didn't, you know, I'm on a budget trying to get all this done. And it hits, and I didn't hear that bubble pop, you know. So I'm I'm nervous, but this buck takes off. Bam! Gone. And next thing you know, he's tearing through the timber, comes down a creek, jumps up the other side, and then just nothing. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, what just happened? <laughs> What just happened, man? 
this is just this is the craziest day of my life you know and this is this is five days after i got married and uh i'm just i'm trying to process everything and the first person i call is old steve (laughs) (laughs) how'd i answer the phone oh man i think from what i remember you're like uh what did you say like uh it was like you got it done didn't you Exactly. <laughs> like you knew it. Yeah, like, I said you killed your big one, didn't you? Yep, yep. And and it was crazy because uh, I remember getting on there and, and like we had such poor cell signal, but somehow it went through again by the miracle, grace of God. And uh, I'm trying to talk to you, and I'm like, Steve, I just killed a fucking giant, dude. It's like, <laughs> a fucking giant. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, 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 no, no, seriously, really? Like, did you really? I was like, dude. Okay, so I walked him through this entire elaborate story I've just told, and then it's like much quicker. I miss absolutely, <laughs> and it's like, dude, this is what happened. And then it just it got quiet. And Steve's words, oh, dude, he's dead. He's dead, dude. I know he's dead. But you know what? Back out of there. Come on, come on back, see old Steve. Come on back. So by the time you know I got off the phone, I called my dad. I was like, hey. Like, this is what happened. I'm freaking out. And he's like, it'll be all right. You know, you, you, you probably got him. I didn't grow up in a, in a family of hunters, and we established that early. So, you know, my family, seeing me do something like this, it's just kind of like... Foreign you know, territory. Right. You know, it's like, oh, it's a phase. That he'll get through it, or he'll get over it, whatever. But uh, I ended up <clears throat> coming down out of the stand. Uh, I eased back to the truck. And it was just one of those things where I just threw all my stuff in the truck and I just hauled ass home. And the next thing you know, it's like, I call you and you're like, all right, walk me through the story again. (laughs) I think I did it to you like three times. And the third time was when you got to my house and you're like, okay, walk me through it one more time. (laughs) So I tell you this whole elaborate story again and I'm pacing my wife is looking at me like i'm a maniac my dog's doing the same thing like my dad's freaking deranged right like, now this guy's cracked out of his mind yep <laughs> i'm standing there like i'm breaking every rule in the hunting book i've got my hunting boots on my hunting stuff on i'm in a house my wife's making cookies and stuff and it's just it's just terrible it's just, but uh i'm just sitting there trying to process that and i'm freaked out because this is this is it man you know this is everything i worked so so hard for and we put the time in i listened i learned from you i watched the videos you know we talked to cam i talked to anthony it's just it all manifested to that one moment that one arrow released was like gonna make or break my season is what it felt and the only reason i say that is because you know weekend warrior it's just hard i mean a lot of guys you know that, that can do this stuff for a living man i got a lot of respect and appreciation for but uh that caliber of deer especially being my first buck you know it was especially with a bow i had no interest in hunting really with a rifle uh but when i got it done it was just like holy cow this is this is a rush and then you get there and we're walking through it and <clears throat> you're like all right you know, how long's it been since you shot him? Next thing I look at my phone, it's like freaking three and a half, four hours. And I'm like, Steve, let's just leave him. Steve, let's just leave him. You're like, dude, it's snowing. We got to go get him. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to oh. wash the blood away. Yep. 
So I was like, oh crap, okay. So I'm, I load uh, load you up, load my wife up, and your brother came. Well, no, that's, Dude, that's later. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rat him out. I think. So um, so we load up and we're heading out there, and it's freaking snowing. It is just cutting loose, and I'm like he's he's not dead he's not dead you know we're not gonna freaking find him he's he's probably you know laughing walking into the next county or something by now but uh we get out there and uh me you and my wife uh, get out and i actually look back at her i said look i said stay with the truck i said it's too cold out here and honestly we might need you to come pick us up she's like okay that's fine i said so steve and i start walking you know up that gravel road and I'm like, Steve, this is where I shot him. Obviously, Stan, we're looking. There's like one little pinhead of blood. Hold on now. Hold on. You're missing a very important part of the story. Well, we pull in. I didn't think it was till after I realized that, but you're and right. And headlights turn on yep. into the property. And they we're, were immediately like, <laughs> what the hell? Who yeah. is this? What's going on? Yeah. Turns out it's his brother yep. and his uh, girlfriend at the time, who is now his wife. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to. I don't know, you know. And uh, yeah, they must have been yeah. enjoying the for some reason beautiful snowy night. Let's yeah. just say. For some reason, my brother is like hopeless, a hopeless romantic, and he's out there trying to wine and dine his girlfriend at the time, who is now his wife, which is totally okay for me to tell this story now. Yeah. Uh, He's in his loud freaking diesel pickup, and I'm trying to get in there with Steve. We're all stealth, and next thing I know, I hear you know his pickup, and his headlights are on, just light bar and everything, and I'm freaking out. Steven's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's my fucking brother. <laughs> so I go over there, he hops out, and I'm like, dude, I ripped him so hard in front of you, and I felt bad. I was like, what the fuck are you doing here i was like i just shot a freaking giant and he's like no kidding like that was his reaction i'm like you need some help finding him yeah (laughs) like you're kidding me so his uh my sister-in-law now uh she looks at me she's like you shot what and i told her i said i shot a giant buck she's like did you really i was like yeah man like y'all are screwing this up (laughs) like i swear if that dude's yeah they were parked in a pretty sensitive area yeah if if well we'll get to that point anyways so we do finally go into the plot yeah and you and you show me where you found a speck of blood yeah prior to leaving and that's why i brought up your brother again because mm-hmm. we're walking through there like looking for the next spot of blood yep and he like he like taps one of us on the shoulder he's like hey <laughs> Yep. Look at this arrow. Yep. <laughs> it's got blood all over it. Yep. And I was like, dude, where'd you find that arrow? And like, <laughs> he points the arrow, and sure enough, there's blood everywhere yep. going into it. Yep. And uh, I'll let you take it away. So we just started advancing, and dude, it just started opening up. It was crazy. And uh, <clears throat> where were we going? Oh, man. We were just, we went right into his bedroom. Literally, right into that <laughs> that Joker's bedroom. Like, it was crazy. Again, goes back to kind of show you the the importance of getting boots on the ground and like you know don't be afraid to bump them bucks, especially during the summertime. You know, that generally speaking, one bump you'll be okay. They'll make their way back after a little bit. But uh, I, I didn't know it at the time, but that 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 buck that was a homebody buck. Yeah, that was his 
area and and he was running with two other bucks at the time he had several pictures of this yep. buck and i didn't even realize it until literally after i shot him and i went back and started looking at the cameras uh and i was like oh, holy cow there he is in full velvet and uh we ended up <clears throat> you know getting on that trail and on the, on the blood and and this dude <laughs> he comes to a creek down into the creek he bleeds across the creek he bleeds up to the other side of the uh, of the creek and then finally we you know monkey our way up there i mean this washout was what like six seven foot tall like it was insane so we finally get up there and uh we kind of fan out a little bit and (laughs) blood still looks good and then like you and i keep working and working and working and then we start to kind of run out and i'm starting to get nervous well finally i'm like okay stop so i work backwards my brother's still standing right there and i was like okay you know this is this is good blood right here next thing you know i've just nice little circle pattern looking around and i'm like oh hey there it is different direction so i get on it and i get on it i'm like ooh, man it's getting good it's really opening up and I mean, next thing you know, I fall on top of him. <laughs> he just literally, like, I kick him and fall on top of him. I'm like, holy shit, Steve, he's right here, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, we all celebrated because that was uh, that was an accumulation of a lot of, you know, scouting, yep. some, some stri- strategy that came together, and then a, a real grind over the last few days for you yep. individually. And then, you know, it was full circle. I mean, that buck died in the exact area, like almost literally yep. where I pushed him out yep. in the summertime with his buddies. So it was just, it was one of those hunts that you go back and you're like, man, it all came together and we learned so much about that property Absolutely. from from that specific hunt. And now you've been able to get on more mature deer yep. and figure, figure out your spot even better now because of that specific buck and that specific hunt so yep. you know it, it was awesome it was awesome and uh what i know you called him leroy jenkins because mm-hmm. you, you've got away with names mm. what did old leroy how many points was he what did he score you know so tell us about that uh I, at the time like well i guess i guess we got to throw matt jackson in there man like we for sure got to like, oh yeah we gotta so we ended up getting that 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 buck you know and we pulled him out and that was an absolute nightmare but we got him out <clears throat> got him in the back of the truck my wife's just like ecstatic you know she's so proud of me and i'm like yeah this is this is the honeymoon buck like i had a great honeymoon what about you and she's like i, I want to kill you right now <laughs> i was like hey you know it's way fine. way cooler name than yeah Leroy <laughs> yeah but uh uh we threw him in the back of my truck and <clears throat> go home drop the wife off and we hightail it out to uh mr matt jackson's and that was the first time you know i i felt pretty proud when old matt jackson he grabbed that that buck by the antlers and he looks at it and he says is this your first one i'm like yeah he says not bad <laughs> thanks matt means a lot <laughs> like that's it that's what i got out of matt yeah so he ended up caping him and <clears throat> i took him down to the to the to the taxidermist and everything and uh he ended up actually scoring 144 and an eighth so he's a pope yeah it was a solid solid first 
deer yep mature buck he he was a good deer and uh you know it it was fun you know it was a fun fun year for us had a lot of success it was uh i think the reason why i wanted to tell this story was because i think a lot of guys can relate that don't get to hunt all the time but they just they have a passion for it Mm -hmm. and you're definitely one of those individuals that you you take hunting seriously and when you're out there hunting it's that's what it is you know and you're 100 percent committed to what's going on but you do a lot more outside of hunting you work a lot you know to try to get those days and those moments so it, it, it it's an awesome story and and I hope people can learn from this, whether you can or can't. You know, it, it's got me really fired up for this upcoming <laughs> season. I've got a lot of high hopes. Yep. And you know, as you are, Killian, I am. I'm busier than I ever have been outside <laughs> of hunting. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna Bad give it our now. grind and give it our best shot this year. But That's you right. know, the biggest thing is we're just gonna have a lot of fun doing it. That's it, man. That's honestly looking back just like this uh you know over these past few seasons i've like i would say i've been successful you know because i'm getting on deer which uh, prior to that that buck you know leroy uh it was just learning curve that's it and it was so hard and i couldn't see it until finally it's like well you got how much commitment do you are you really going to put in here you know because you can be a a you know, a weekend warrior type and go out there and, you know, no disrespect, but if you're chasing that that high, high caliber deer, I mean, you have to stack the deck in your favor. You have to, because they don't get that big, that mature, and that's smart in quotations by being stupid. They know their routine. They basically know, you know, what's, what's out of place. And that's you smell. I mean, you, you you taught me a lot of this stuff, and I uh, I've learned a lot from watching you and listening to you, just like I have, you know, uh, the Midwest Whitetail guys and all the other the big name guys <clears throat> in uh, THP. Man, those guys are those guys are insane. They just get out, get after it. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, turkey elk you know whitetail. They just they do a great job, and they're fun to watch. Absolutely, man. Um, hunting is it's you get out what you put in that's what I'll say because if you want to be successful or at least put yourself in a position to be successful you know essentially every time you take the woods you have to be smart you have to hunt the right winds hunt the right stands you know and and don't don't be afraid in those days you know to basically lay the cards out there and say well i'm expecting you to be a little bit more ignorant than you usually are as as a mature deer and you know there's some guys that they'll hunt mature deer in september and october and they'll have that success uh adam hayes you know that dude's huge i think he's killed four 200 inch deer it's it's impressive man you know the moon phase a lot of stuff goes into it but it 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 all comes down to uh, you know it's i see a lot of opinion in it uh what do you what level of commitment are you i mean it's one thing to buy the gear 
you know, buy all the gear and, you know, be that sidewalk surfer type. But uh, to buy that gear, put it to work, and, and use it for what it is designed for, and be that apex predator in in a you know in a situation or a scenario like we as whitetail fi- uh, hunters find ourselves in, you you almost have to be perfect to the point where you have to count on them making the mistake. But with that being said, you know I don't take anything away from guys. If you get out here, you grind it. I don't care if it's done with a rifle. I don't care if it's done with a bow. You know. I got a lot of respect for guys that do this because it's not easy. It is definitely not easy. Um, but it's fun. And, and that's, that's the point. it. Like, that's exactly what I was going back to with this whole uh, charade that I'm on right now. Is, dude, it was it was so, so fun. And even these past few years, I haven't gotten a buck on the ground. Last year was super tough, super tough. Put a shot on a really nice deer, about the same caliber, the one that I shot. Yeah, that we're talking about. Um, apparently, I hit him a little low. I didn't think I did. I thought I center masked him, and he was bleeding good, stumbling pretty good. But that's just the way it goes. You know, I counted those chickens before they hatched, and I learned the hard way, didn't yep. I, Steve? Yep. And you did everything you could to locate that buck. And yep. then, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you. You know, I, yep. I put a, you know not so good shot on a buck last year and so yep. i'm ready you know to turn the tables around this year that's it and i'm looking ahead and that's yep. it that's all that needs to be said yep. is you know looking forward to the next year making a commitment to yourself to to practice a little more shoot a little more and um you know for me personally it's going to be you know making sure that the the it's the right shot on the buck you know yep. do that buck it's justice and and just learn and, and move forward. Yep. And that's that's what I've done. And I know that's probably what you've done too, Killian. Yep. So, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. It's got me really fired up for the season. Yeah, I'm looking man. forward to, yeah. to what's to come for both of us. And even though we'll be busy, we'll still find time to get out in the woods that's and, right. and enjoy it. So I'll, I'll see you in a tree in November for absolutely. sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'll make some time. All right. Well, any, any last words for us, Killian? Any last words? Well, I don't think I'm necessarily one to give advice on on hunting specifically. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, I guess you could say, like personal reflection. I do a lot of that, you know, because I always strive to be the best version of myself, not only as as a husband but as a father now, which that's still crazy, and we're figuring that out anyway, Steve. Yeah, we're trying. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you always want to try and put your best foot forward every day. You know, every day is a new day try 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 i know there's a lot of a lot of things going on right now in our world but uh you always really got to try to put that best foot forward and and be positive um if i may you know i'm you know put i i I truly do believe put god first i do and i know i may not express that as much but uh i've found that whatever hardships tribulation that you're going through you put god first you know you 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 allow him to assist you and and you know motivate you to get through the hard times man the the, the good times those big buck killing moments oh my gosh dude it's Let like roll, baby. Let oh, the good times roll. that's right man you know it's like you can't you can't replicate it you can't duplicate it november is almost here man 
<laughs> you know, the season's opening up, the weather's cooling off. And for, for those of you uh, that aren't casuals like Killian. That's right. I'm just joking. Uh, but <laughs> for those of you who have a little more time, I'll be seeing y'all at September 15th in the woods. <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> Anyways, Killian, it's been great having you on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I appreciate the advice. Uh, I, I love the story. I love reliving the story. That's how we do it on the 573, and we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.